1: I love that sound. This is a good one.
2: Hey, everybody, welcome to Waterfall Wednesday edition of the Full Scale Outdoors Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Johnson. What's and, up, uh, hey, I'm here too. Yeah, I'm here. So I had this little long blank uh, uh, <laughs> moment there right before we started because right now, okay. Here's why I had that this really long, weird, awkward pause is because I, uh, I have a, a rental dog right now. I went to, um, Southern Oak Kennels and, uh, I just, I spent 20 hours in my truck yesterday. I have a rental dog for Saskatchewan, which Ben helped me, uh, set up, um, Ben Webster, the guy who owns, he's my boss up North, you know, and they were talking about having a, uh, a mandatory dog policy for all guides. So he called me up and he said that the owners of the company were thinking about doing this and, you know, obviously that's going to affect me. And if I wanted to continue working at Prairie Limits in the future, I may have to actually uh, get a dog.
1: You have a dog though.
2: Yeah, here, that's a good point. I have a miniature <laughs> schnauzer. Anyway, I... I went there yesterday. I spent 20 hours in the truck. I got back and I've got a dog named Bruno from S.O.K. North Southern Oak Kennels in Kalamazoo, Michigan. And uh, he is just the most well-mannered, polite, uh, obedient dog I've ever seen in my life. Maybe it's just one hell of a dog. But anyways, me and Raquel just went out to a I, I gave him like two baths today and I uh I brushed him like three times, you know, he's a little kennel smelly. I w- I cleaned his kennel out and everything at the car wash. I got everything just like just got him all nice and cleaned up and presentable, you know? And uh so we let him in the house and, and uh he uses this command uh place. You say place and he'll sit wherever you want him to sit. And uh so I put him on a place in the kitchen and then we went out to the doctor's office for whatever. It's just a pregnancy checkup or whatever. And we came back, and I'm like, I bet you that fucking dog is still sitting right on that place that I told him to. And, um, and he was. Like, we walked in the door from the doctor's office, and uh, he was sitting right there. And I was like, that is the best fucking <laughs> dog, you know, I, I think I've ever seen. So now, I just, after that, after uh, um, the doctor's office, I'm scarfing, I scarf some dinner down. I call you, we begin this podcast, and right as you're like, let's start, I have this long pause because I'm on in the spare bedroom downstairs, and I look over on the comforter of this spare bedroom, and there is a lot of black dog hair on it, <laughs>
1: hmm. <laughs> <laughs>
2: and then you're like, you ready to go? And I'm just kind of like examining it, like, that motherfucker sneaked down into the basement, show up on this temper pedic <laughs> king size mattress I have in my basement and uh and think he could fucking get away with it? This motherfucker's smarter than I thought he was.
1: He was sitting there just chilling down there and he, he heard your vehicle. He's like, oh shit, I gotta get back to my place.
2: Like this guy is good. <laughs> he is he is fuck. I knew they had like everybody uh, that I've talked to says, Man, they have some smart dogs over at Southern Oak Kennels, but now I'm starting to realize I might have met my match.
1: <laughs> just, just just how smart you're. Like, oh shit. Yeah. So, uh,
2: anyways, it's not that much black dog hair. Like, it could have been transferred, but it definitely is black dog hair. Anyways, um, <laughs> let's do a. Uh, let's jump into the programming, the regularly regularly scheduled program. We'll do a little game fair wrap up, and uh, and then uh, I, I have a topic I wanted to talk about today something all of us waterfallers love to nerd about and just talk about like women which is clothes there's new clothes that are coming out we gotta talk about it
1: oh tell me more
2: okay game fair wrapped up i did give away 255 free duck calls hell 256. yeah 56 that's a hell of a lot of kids that got a free duck call um it was a great time i really enjoyed game fair this year as always and I saw some products there that kind of wanted me to made me want to talk about um, this topic that I kind of wanted to talk about, like uh, just gear, outerwear, and that sort of thing. And the the product I saw there was uh, the new Shen Gear. Have you heard of Shen? C H E N E?
1: I don't think so. Or maybe and I just haven't really looked into it.
2: Okay, I don't blame you because they're kind of a new company but it's called it's spelled weird it's spelled c-h-e-n-e and it's kind of like a niche brand they're making waiters is kind of where i you know would be familiar with the shen gear brand would be like uh last year i looked into their waiters because they're a high-end waiter that retails for eleven hundred dollars and Yeah, which I think is might be more expensive than uh, the Sitka gear waiters. Either way, I I recognized it as a brand that was like competing with Sitka for a high end product, correct?
1: I would think so. Sure sounds like it. So then
2: this year, at um, up in the Mulk Gear booth, they had some of their new bibs there and. i I thought that was pretty interesting that and i went over and i looked at them and i just was like not impressed and and then i had to ask myself why am i not impressed by these and then i had to go and i had to research like i just did a whole bunch of like comparing and contrasting and uh because a lot of people are like hell yeah this is these are the best bibs ever and stuff and i was like I'm not seeing that um,
1: <laughs>
2: I'm not How seeing that so what,
1: exactly So what I'm trying to
2: say is after this podcast, there's another company called Shen that'll never fucking sponsor
1: us ever <laughs> <laughs> or or Shen send us uh, some bibs and we'll we'll uh, put them through the paces this fall and let you know. No, I'm not interested, but here's
2: what I'm not going to say. I would do it. Here's what I'm not going to say. I'm not going to say the Shen b- Bibs are shit or trash or junk. They look really nice. But and uh, And then here's another thing I'll say about the Shen Bibs is that when I first saw them, I thought I was looking at a product that was like their waiters, which is what I was familiar with, Like their waiters, like being presented as a product that was going to compete with like a Sitka, like the upper upper Mm -hmm. end bib. So like I was kind of making a comparison in an unfair, um, in an unfair manner because these are not these bibs are not priced like the like the waiters are, where the waiters are priced to be uh, comparatively like or competitive with the. With the Sitka waiters, the Shen beer bibs are retailed at $500. The um, the Sitka um, Sitka bibs retail at $570, and the other Gore Tex um, Gore Tex waterfall hunting bibs are called Beretta B extremes, which I don't have any experience with them, but I was researching them before I wanted to talk about this on the podcast. And they retail for $650. So we're looking at, I was comparing the Shen gear bibs, like in my brain, when I first saw them to like a product that's just, that's at a higher price tier. You know what I mean?
0: Mm -hmm. So I was
2: like, I was just comparing, you know, I want, it's not exactly apples and apples to say like Shen gear is, uh, should be compared to Sitka. It's just not priced that way. And, and that's why I had, like, when I walked up to it, like, the very first thing I noticed on the Shen bibs was that their zipper only goes up to the knee. And I was like, okay, uh, it's pretty important to have, like, uh, your zipper go all the way up to your hip on a pair of field bibs, right? So you can get your boot, mm-hmm. like, out, out of it without, like, streaking mud or having to take off your boot. I'm like, that's weird. I wonder why they did that. And, um... I just noticed, like, a lot of missing features on it. For example, like, just no no cargo pockets. You know, when, when when you start talking about reducing features, what you're talking about is, like, reducing the price point that the manufacturer is paying to get this product made, right?
1: Sure. So there's
2: no reinforced knees. There's no reinforced butt. There's no cargo pockets. There's no, like, they do have uh, some with um, camouflage, but... The, it's the same price point as the one without camouflage, so you don't have any, um, you don't have any like licensed uh, brand name camouflage that you're putting on a field, pair of field brown bibs. So I'm like, there's a lot of, feet. there's also like missing areas of like spandex relief, like uh, stretchy spots. I'm like there's just a lot of stuff missing on these, on these bibs. And then I, I started going into it and like reading all about different. You know, like what kind of features do Sitka Hudson bibs have? What kind of features do Beretta B Extreme bibs have? What kind of features do uh, Drake EST bibs have? What about Bandit? And w- another feature, too, that I seen was lacking was like if you look at like banded, they say they're using a, uh, a waterproof breathable mem- membrane called Event. If you look at Sitka and Beretta, they're using a waterproof breathable membrane called Gore-Tex. Like typically, if a manufacturer is putting in a waterproof breathable membrane, they use the brand name of it, like either Event or Gore-Tex, or there's a dozen other ones, you'll see them on uh, see them on anything. You'll see them on your boots. Like they're just they tell you what waterproof breathable membrane is in the product. And, like, with the Shen gears, it, it doesn't say that. It doesn't say anything about what waterproof breathable membrane is being used in the product. So I'm like, well, that forces me to think it's the cheapest off-brand one that the Chinese factory could get their hands on.
1: Did you say the price point was 500 for a pair of 500, bibs?
2: 500 for a pair of bibs. Versus
1: 570 for Sitka.
2: 570 for Sitka. And uh, six fifty for Beretta.
1: That seems ridiculous for a very what sounds like stripped down set of bibs.
2: Yeah, like I think the Shen bibs probably are good. They're obviously not priced up to like where Sitka and Beretta are, but I do think they're, they're pretty they're priced damn up. close. They're pretty fucking close. Like I think they're probably priced up a little. Like. A lot higher than they should be, right? Maybe
1: like. Sounds like it should be like a ninety-nine-dollar pair at Fleet Farm, if you're asking me. With what little I mean, maybe features I'm, they have.
2: I mean, they
1: do have good construction. They got
2: the zippers are nice. They got some uh, magnets in there. I'm not trying to like give the impression that they're just a piece of shit product, because they're not. They're just not on the same
1: yeah league yeah a,
2: as the as the Gore-Tex products. Like these Shen Gear bibs. Probably are going to do better than your bandits, right? Or I mean, your drakes.
1: You would think. You know, I heard um, first lights getting into waterfall gear now. They've been testing, right. field testing a pair of waiters. They haven't officially released them yet. I don't believe. Um, I wonder if they'll start making an appearance at the game fair, or if somebody, if one of the outfitters will start carrying them or something.
2: Right. So, um, they have.
1: And I've had some first like your none of their bibs or anything like I like, got some under garments like some the long underwear and I got some wool socks that i I really like like I really like the um the like long sleeve or the the thermal top it's got like the thumb loop, which I really like, so it covers your wrist um
2: so I have quarter zip I have a first light furnace hoodie now. You know when we went out to uh, oh, Wyoming? Oh yeah.
1: Yep. 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 They yep. Actually,
2: yep. Um, the Meat Eater guys sent me a thank you package with a first flight furnace hoodie. It said like ninety five percent merino wool.
1: Oh nice.
2: Yeah. I was like, what? I sent some thank you text messages out after that. Like hell yeah. <laughs> they said we want you to try this out and tell us what you think. And I was like, I for sure will.
1: Yeah, their gear's pretty good. It's not cheap, but it's good.
2: Okay, so they have. Um, I'm looking on their website right now. They have something called uh, the Refuge Bib. So that's their waterfall line. Now, if this is the this is the, e- equally priced to the Shen gear bibs, right? It's exactly the same price. It's five hundred dollars. So again, we're not supposed to be looking at a product that's going to be in the same league as the Berettas. the Sitka's but if you look at it there's um already they've got like cargo pockets on there so they've got more they've got the like just the the thigh pockets you know pretty much which i actually do use those for like glove storage and stuff they've got zippers that go all the way up to the hip they've got fleece lined other pockets they're also are short on features they got a little waist belt like a little waist buckle on there for a belt um and I do, I think the. Uh, let me see if I can get a better view, on here. But yeah, it does look like the zippers go all the way up to the hips. They've got the. Uh, they got the picture of the guy walking back with the goose in his hand, pointing his gun at the cameraman. Love. <laughs> love why that. is that? Why <laughs> is that the standard that? fucking picture? Like, like.
1: Gets the point across, your, man.
2: Turn your fucking gun around. Like you just take. Taking... All right. Anyways, now we're. You know, yeah, they do have they do have hip zippers. They do not have reinforced knees or a reinforced booty. But they also are advertising what um, they're advertising what product they're using for their waterproof breathable membrane.
1: Uh, They just I just heard an announcement that they came out with a timber camouflage. It's called the cash timber
2: cash timber, huh?
1: Camouflage, yep. So first that'd be spelled
2: light. Ca-
1: Cash. C A C H E. Allegedly named ca- after the Cash River, I believe, down in Louisiana. Or Arkansas. I mean.
2: First light Cash. Camo.
1: Let's take a look. Yeah,
2: looks all black and dark.
1: Men's furnace hoodie, men's kiln. They got all, yeah, they got that pattern, all sorts of stuff.
2: Right. So anyways, I just was like, I was looking around at bibs and stuff. And then I thought that would be a good way to start the program. Also, um, if we want to reel it back to new products that just launched, I think this just might have came out today. um, Which is, QU is dropping a waterfowl line now. Have you heard of QU? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but...
1: Kuyu, my Kuyu, brother... Kuyu? yeah, I, I always Kuyu. look at it, and I'm like,
2: uh... <laughs> so, Kuyu was started by a guy named... J. If I might be fucking this up. I mean, I might not be totally right here, but what I have, what my impression is, is that a guy named Jason Harrison uh, helped start Sitka Gear, and he broke off to do his own thing, and he called it Kuyu, and it's a direct-to-consumer product line so i don't think you can find qu in any stores it, it's spelled uh k-u-i-u if you guys have never heard of this but they are typically they they are a, a mountain hunting brand and um so like for rams like their logo has a ram on it
1: yeah they pretty much market to like really wealthy hunters big game hunters from what big i can game understand yeah
2: and, I, and the marketing I've seen, too, is that they call themselves like QU ultralight hunting. So I think their whole shtick was like getting you gear that was ever so slightly just, or maybe even significantly lighter than what had previously been offered on the marketplace. Because I guess those mountain dudes, like every single ounce of weight that, you know, because you got to pack a lot of stuff and it just adds up, I guess.
0: So, oh like, yeah when
2: those guys when those guys are walking around in the mountains like i heard some guy on rogan it might have been jason harrison i can't even it might i think he might have been on back in the day like he was talking about how he would take his toothbrush and like cut the back end of it off you yeah know? like yeah,
1: just try to ounces. yeah ounces yeah, turn into pounds yeah
2: exactly like so their whole shtick was that and my brother uh many years back my brother um had a few Q.U. pieces. Like I think he had the attack pant. I think he had an insulative vest. I think he also had like a uh, like a full zip fleece pullover, like not a hoodie. He had a handful of pieces and um, really thought they were good quality. And then uh, I have heard other people, other than my brother, say that their rain gear is actually fantastic. So it's kind of cool that they they just came out with a waterfowl line today, and if you go on their website, it looks like they are making a high end waiter. They have uh, the QUHD Flex Waiter, which costs eight hundred and ninety nine dollars, and it's different than the Shen gears and the Sitka gears in that this one is does not have a zipper on it. On their bibs. Yeah. Both Shen and Sitka both have zippers on their bibs.
1: Shop Waterfall, yeah, that comes right up. They're really trying to move them. QU HD yeah, like- Flex Waiter, eight ninety nine. Yeah, dang. This product is excluded from all promotional discounts due
2: to high demand and limited quantities. They look cool. Yeah, they look cool. I, want, I would love yeah, to have no, I'm, some this water a
1: bad time now, but it's like just really good podcasting as I'm reading <laughs> silently reading through the description. Dude, I'll, cheese, I'll look she's at got them later. Some, She's got some dip, some decent stuff. dude. I like, need to anyways, get new waiters this year. Mine are leaking this product, as usual.
2: I'm sure mine will on my first or second hunt, but they also have a. uh, they also have a shell, like a waterproof, breathable shell called the HD Flex Shell Jacket. So that's cool. So they they got a they got waders, a waterproof shell, which would be like an uninsulated, a rain piece of rain gear, hooded. They've got uh, like a puffy, a puffy full zip hoodie insulator. They got a puffy insulator vest. They got the zip up fleece, and then they got a couple of bags, a couple of t shirts, and uh, like some. Strong Fleece two ninety layering pant, which looks like it would probably go good under some waiters. Um and it looks like they got a merino zip or a zip tee uh, with a hoodie on it. Uh Axis hybrid pants. Uh looks like a fleecy beanie and a couple of a couple of gloves. Nothing like too significant. You know, they got the hats, the gloves. Looks like a couple of decent-looking base layers, a pair of pants. The one thing that did surprise me is since they came out with a waterproof, breathable shell, it's a, it's a little bit in sh- uh, shell jacket, it's bizarre that they didn't come out with a waterproof, breathable pants.
0: Huh.
2: Like, there's no bibs. I was When I heard they launched today, I was like, well, I was already going to talk about bibs on the podcast let's see what kind of bibs they came out with and i was kind of surprised to see that they didn't come out with any
1: how many waiters do you sets waiters do you think you have purchased in your lifetime
2: not that many really dude i've dude, no, where it's like I every
1: two years i gotta buy a pair of waiters
2: i don't maybe you know i've been hunting a lot since i was like 13 or 14 i bet less than 10 dude
1: mm, i yeah i I got to be over 10 have to be.
2: Well, here's the thing. I don't hunt water that often.
1: True. That's and true. So like,
2: and I had these, uh, I had these ducks unlimited. Uh, what was that? Was it like mad dog gear or something? They called oh, it. Oh
1: yeah. I remember that.
2: You remember that? Yeah. Dude, I had a pair of those waiters that wouldn't fucking quit. Hmm. And, they just lasted and lasted and lasted you know and like on the one or a couple duck hunts in water that I would do every year, I'd slap them on and be like, let'll see if these things are still going strong and sure enough. So I've gotten lucky with them. but let's face it. You're never lucky if you're walking around in fucking neoprene <laughs> <laughs> hey,
1: did, Have Do you know anybody that's ever used uh, the Sitka waders? So they, have you yeah. heard anybody, like real person reviews of them?
2: Dude, you know what? As long as they... It, yes, I have. The answer is yes. And, and everybody really, really likes them. But that is a review I've heard of as long as... It, that's a review I have heard of every pair of waterproof breathable waiters. Like it doesn't matter if it's like those banded red zones or um, Sims. Sims makes a great waiter. Sitka makes a great waiter. Um, as long as it's a waterproof breathable waiter that doesn't leak, boy, people are always. <laughs> as, they, long, they, they, as, they,
1: as long as, as it does what it's supposed to do. Because apparently. All
2: of, no, I mean like, <laughs> If everybody started out with neoprene waiters, man, right? Correct. We all, everybody on earth, their first pair of neoprene or waiters was neoprene. And when you get somebody that just gets a like their first pair of um waterproof or yeah, breathable waiters, they tend to say the same thing as long as they're not pieces of shit right out of the box. Everybody says, I fucking love these waiters. I've heard that about banded. Heard it about Sitka, heard it about Sims, everything.
1: I had a pair of the Cabela's. I think they were called Instinct, I think was the brand name, or something like that, something extreme. I don't remember. They were like the first kind of – I don't know if they were the first, but one of the first kind of like hybrid waders. They had like breathable uppers but kind of neoprene lowers, kind of like that. Um, I did like those. Of course, they leaked. only had them for a year I think, or it might have been two. Anyways, it did get a leak in them, and I'm pretty sure I put the hole in them. But it was Cabela's back time. You just bring something in, they replace it. The problem is I bought them in the Bargain Cave, and Bargain Cave stuff, allegedly, you know, you can't take it back. They usually put, like...
2: They would permanently mark it in some way. Yeah,
1: this had three X's on the the label. I spent, like, two hours with... uh, <laughs> Q tips and rubbing alcohol, getting that shit off there without destroying the tab. I got it looking pretty good. I go back nice. there, I bring it in there, they didn't fucking look at it. They just he grabbed it, put it behind, he said, Yeah, go back and get a <laughs> pair. I was like, fuck <laughs>
2: Dude. People don't remember it's kinda it's kind of fun to have chats like this where it's like what it used to be like. Like people used to be able to return anything oh, yeah. to fucking cabellas. Like, their return policy was like, hey, I bought this pair of Rocky brand hunting boots, and now they leak. And they're like, oh, yeah? Do you have a receipt? Nope. When did you buy them? I bought them 11 years ago. Like, yep, all right, we'll, yep. we'll, we'll replace those for you. <laughs> right. like, like, you would hear stories of that. Like, people like would basically just be fucking knocking over Cabela's. Like, buying shit at other stores and returning it to Cabela's. All sorts of that shady shit.
1: Oh, yeah went on nonstop they're lost for they must not have had a loss prevention team <laughs> 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 they're just looking for shoplifters like we don't really care never, about the people that return them.
2: they they also never put anything on sale cabela's also was notorious yes. for not having sales yep you went into cabela's and you paid full yeah, retail. Their, pri-
1: their price was their price Yep.
2: right and it wasn't low either like it was like whatever manufactured, suggested retail price was. That's what they put on their shelves, and they sold it all day
1: long. Yeah, they, show, they They sold shit tons of them. And maybe that maybe that was their business model. Maybe that's how they made up the difference of, well, we don't really need to worry about because no, we're never liquidating anything on sale, so we're making a profit on each unit moved X amount over our competitors that are putting shit on sale. And it's like, And I think – that is part of it too. They're like, well, if we have an easy return policy that gets people in the doors then they buy other shit, you know, let's, there's probably some truth to that, but right. Yeah. I was just like, I spent all that time for no reason, <laughs> but then I was like, yeah, but if I <laughs> wouldn't have done it, they'd be like, Oh, this is bargain cave. I'm like, fuck. So, this is-
2: so what are you now that we've talked about clothing for so long? Like what are, <laughs> are you picking up? Are you picking up anything new for uh gear wise this year?
1: Uh, Really I just need a set of Well I need bibs and I need waiters But I don't really need bibs. Yeah I do need bibs I always need bibs I've been been using the rock (laughs) and the same piece of shit Once from Fleet Farm for forever They're just like falling apart They're in shreds and then every year I'm like I'm gonna buy a pair of Sitka's and they never do And then I'm always broke And then I'm like well I gotta break these fuckers Out of retirement again (laughs) Because they're better than nothing Not much better than nothing but they're better than nothing
2: what about? Would what about? Would you should get Beretta. Beretta. Yeah, because that's the only other like, that's the only brand other brand of hunting outerwear that I know of that uses Gore Tex. But now that I'm saying that, doesn't a lot of Cabela's branded shit use Gore Tex?
1: I believe so. I believe because so it too. used to be, um, a Gander Guide series used to be all Gore Tex, and now. All- Cabela's slash Bass Pro Shops owns them, so.
2: So I went into okay. I'm a, I'm an old man, <laughs> and I'm and that's I'm stuck cute. in my I'm stuck in my ways, right? And for probably ten years now, like at least ten years, maybe like twelve or fifteen. I don't know. I have just been a Gore-Tex prude about everything that's an outerwear. You know, like I basically want to be a Gore-Tex turtle when I go outside at all <laughs> sure, times. Sure, You know, like my boots, my bibs, my jacket, my hat, my gloves. I want to be a fucking Gore-Tex turtle. And that's not just because the product has worked really well for me, which it has, but it's just because of like the great, the, the great variety of products that I found with the Gore-Tex licensing that have all worked really well for me. And like, it seems like if a product gets the Gore-Tex licensing and the blessing to put Gore-Tex in their product, like it's almost like they're like vetted to like actually have a good product. And I've also had extremely good luck with like warranty stuff. If any of those products do happen to fuck up, even if it might kind of be my fault, um, like products standing by uh, or, or companies standing by the products that they have with Gore-Tex in it. So for example, um. Just off the top of my head, um, in Gore-Tex boots that I've owned, I have owned, um, oh fuck, Merrill, <laughs> Under Armour, Irish Setter, and I have a, oh, the North Face, I have a pair of North Face Gore-Tex boots, I have a pair of, uh, and this is in the past too, my Under Armour's and my Merrills are since deceased, but they were fantastic, um, and uh, my Irish setters, and I have this one weird brand now that like also makes ski boots, but they're like my mid my mid height hiking boots, Gore-Tex boots now that I have, and those are pretty legit as well. Not quite as legit as like I don't love them as much as like I love those Merrells and Underarmors, but they're still solid.
1: A solid so, Like I feel. No. no. Okay, I know they make not. I know, yeah. I know they make boots, so, but not.
2: Anyways. Yeah where I was going with that story and bringing it back to Cabela's was I walked into Cabela's one day and I went up, they've got a great boot selection there and I walked up to their boots and I think this was like right after my Merrill's. So I really wanted to get another set of Merrill Gore-Tex boots. And I walked in there, found the wall of Merrill's and they all say, you know, they have like that little, little tab on them that'll say what membrane is inside of them. And they were saying like Merrell dry or like waterproof.
1: Uh, sure. You know yeah. they
2: don't say Gore Tex, and I'm like, what the
1: fuck? Like, I'm oh, like hell. Well,
2: I'm, <laughs> I'm like, all right. Well, I've I've had there's no marrows there, Acabels that have Gore Tex in them. I'm like, weird. Okay, and then uh, I start. Well, I can explore other brands because I've always had good luck with whatever product is licensed in Gore Tex. I have good luck with. I'll try it on. It'll be comfortable. I'll buy it. And I'll be happy with it. You know, I'm, I'm like confident in that. So I start looking at the wall of boots they had there. Now, mind you, this is kind of quite a while ago. Maybe it might not still be true, but I'm in the and, and literally no fucking boots in that Cabela store had Gore-Tex in them. They were all huh. using either like their the the Keen Dry, I think, is another one. Like I'm on sure. Keen boots. Yeah. yeah, like there's there's no boots that I know like brands that I know license Gore-Tex, the Gore-Tex licensed boot is not in Cabela's until I saw the Cabela's branded boots. And then
1: Ah uh, then okay.
2: <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> and then I was looking around in the store and I was finding gloves with Gore-Tex. And I was finding jackets with Gore-Tex it was all Cabela's branded. And I'm like, those motherfuckers. <laughs>
0: got, they got rid of all the
2: Gore-Tex shit in this store except yeah. for their shit. But, yeah. l- which I did not end up buying any Cabela's stuff. Which is, sounds contradictory because I was suspicious of it. But, like I had just explained, like anything that seems like it gets the Gore-Tex blessing has always been a good product for me.
1: Yeah, and I think Cabela's still has a good return policy. Do they? I'm pretty sure. I mean, I haven't really purchased anything for them in a long time, but I haven't really heard anybody bitching that, you know. if I feel like that's something that would um, make quite a bit of noise if if they weren't, you know, if they didn't have a good return policy. People are like, you can't return anything to Cabela's anymore. That place is junk. I guess and, I haven't heard that either. And Yeah, I've heard, like, zero complaints. So they must still be maybe not as liberal as they used to be but you know or maybe they are I have no idea again I don't I've spent a long time since I've actually purchased something from there
2: I have a, uh, I have a good gear recommendation I could throw out there because I'm, I'm packing for Canada Um, right now I'm leaving for Canada and on Sunday damn I know it feels weird that since it's like 99 degrees outside today but <laughs> I am packing for like I'm getting all of my hunting gear out and ready. And there's one product that I, I do need to replace. And it's a product that I had a, had really, really, uh, great results with. And that's if, if I know a lot of hunters wear them, wear this type of product, the yellow leather gloves, which I, I do love yellow leather gloves for hunting. Right. And this name brand, I got to replace these, these ones finally died but these fuckers kicked ass and Mm. it's called a Gordini brand. That's G O R D I N I Gordini yellow leather insulated gloves. These things fucking kicked ass. And I'm looking at them right now. My right hand, I got a piece of gorilla duct tape wrapped around (laughs) the thumb, but they really were some soldiers and they lasted. And I was pulling out all my gloves and I was like, ah, fuck. I forgot that I needed to replace those Gordinis. I think these were uh, sixty bucks. Damn. I think I, picked, I think I picked them up at uh, Joe's Sporting Goods in Roseville. But that's a hot freaking tip right there, dude. If you like uh, yellow leathers, Gordini brand did me damn good. Th- they are nice. Recommend- those
1: those leather, like the cowhide, goat hide, whatever they are. Those things, yep. once they break in, man, those things they are comfortable. Man, they're oh, super man, they nice. Did-
2: they're so nice. They keep the wind off your hands. Obviously, not good, not great for uh, moist or, or wet conditions.
1: But have, have you ever put in like mink oil or anything on them just to see if you could uh, up the water? Uh...
2: Yes, I uh, I use a product um, by Nick Wax called uh, like a leather waterproofing, and also like whenever you have a leather glove. Or, or leather boots. I like to run, uh, like, uh, on my 10-inch boots, I've been running uh, Irish setters that, you know, are my 10-inch. They're full Gore-Tex and full leather. So, with the, with any leather product, you really do, it, it, it is kind of uh, a necessity to rub in the leather conditioner every, I mean, if you're hunting hard, probably once every few weeks. Yeah. And I, and I do do that, too. Like, I'll be like, I'll look at my boots be like, them motherfuckers need conditioning. So I'll rip the laces out and sit down for ten minutes and just goop in that leather conditioner. And uh, I had this real, is it viscous or uh, what, what's where it's uh, uh, like almost like a, a hand lotion, like yeah. creamy. I viscous I leather would work. I don't know. Yeah. I had a, I had this like some leather conditioners are almost like a beeswax, you know, like yeah, they're almost, real yeah. Yeah, pretty thick. Mm -hmm. But I had this uh, leather conditioner that was almost like hand lotion. So I would literally take that uh, leather conditioner and put it into the – like I'd wear the gloves on my hands, and then I would just like pour it in there, and then like I was lotioning my hands. I would just like condition up the gloves, and that greatly extends the life of any of Uh, those gloves. I bet. And the leather boots too. Like the leather boots – and not only that, but once you are conditioning – Like, both conditioning and using that waterproofing stuff from Nick Nick Wax, you're talking about how they break in? Dude, they become gorilla fingers, man. Like, they just become an extension of your body, like, with how good they break in when you're conditioning it. Like, it's hard to beat a well-conditioned, well-broken-in piece of leather on your hands and feet.
1: Yeah, that's that's the reason leather is still being used. You know, they can try all the fake shit they want that you just can't. Can't beat it.
2: So the leather, the leather Gore-Tex 10 inch Irish setter boots I have are called, um, Havoc GTXs. um, H A V O C. It doesn't matter because they've been discontinued for like four years. <laughs> Fucking awesome boots. And they were priced really well too. Like, I think they were under 200 bucks and, um, full Gore-Tex and everything. And I, my, uh, at the end of last fall, like at the end of the Canada season, they, my, they were about done. Like the leather was still good on them, but the tread was toast. And uh, I messaged Irish Setter. They're like, no, we don't have those boots. You can't get those retreaded because um, Irish Setter is a Red Wing company. So Red, I, I reached out to them because they've got something where you can get your boots resold. So I messaged them. I was like, I need to get some havoc GTXs resold, and they said we don't have that sole anymore for that boot. However, here's—I uh, think they sent me—I think they sent me 150, to, 150 bucks in gift cards to get them replaced. And I went on eBay though, and I happened to find my exact size. So I got a pretty brand new pair of those. I should be good for a few more years. Sweet. I hate it when my favorite shit gets discontinued.
1: Uh, yeah, that's and, not and good. And all
2: my, all my favorite shit gets discontinued.
1: Your favorite shit must not be very good or doesn't sell very good, apparently.
2: I still have, to this day, this will make people jealous. I still have <laughs> two pairs. <laughs> I still have two pairs of Sitka Pantanel bibs. Pantanal? Pantanal. Do you oh. ever hear? They still have. I think they still have on their website. Pantanal used to be like, that was like the first waterfall line was called like the Pantanal stuff. Okay. They, had a, they had a Pantanal hat, Pantanal gloves, a Pantanal parka, and Pantanal bibs. But the thing that people all, that always people had Sitka way back when it first popped off is the Pantanal bibs and how fucking awesome they were. And I bought a pair in 2016, and they needed a repair of some kind during season of 2017 and i had to send them in and then i had this old pair of like atrocious bargain cave dickies bibs that i had to like finish out my season in like i wore them two times hunting and you know i hadn't worn them in a couple of couple few years and i'm like Dude, what did I used to be wearing when I went hunting? This is (laughs) fucking garbage. So 2017, I ordered a second pair of them. So I would have a pair to flip-flop, like, whenever I needed to send them in for repairs, right? Well, I still got them to this day, 2016, 2017. So that's, yes, six- and seven-year-old bibs. And uh, they're still rocking fucking awesome. My zippers still work perfect on them. Sweet. Yeah. Everybody says that about Sitka, about their zippers. They have the worst fucking zippers. It's like mine are six and seven years old and still work <laughs> fucking yeah, perfect. It sounds
1: like you take care of your stuff, though, which most of us do not. I'm probably on the farthest end of the not spectrum of taking you know care I, of my
2: shit. <laughs> you know what I found, though, is I also have a tendency to not take care of my shit. But when I spend that much money on, when I spend that much money, I tend to take care of my shit way better. It's a bit of an incentive for sure. Yes, yeah, it's definitely an incentive to take care of your shit when you're like, okay, I could treat the, you know, like, and when you know the, also the thing about Sitka warranty is your warranty is dependent on you taking care of it. So like, they don't they won't re—they won't replace or repair your shit for free if you just straight up neglect it. And I've heard a lot of people have, like, I- I'll post on my Snapchat story and stuff about um, my warranty repairs and, like, how long they take and what they got sent in for. And I get a lot of messages and a lot of feedback and, like, a lot of it is, like, I sent my shit into Sitka and they said it would they weren't going to repair it for- because it was neglect. And I'm like, well...
0: Yeah. Did you neglect did, it? Did, did,
1: did, <laughs> was it?
2: Was it? So that's another thing that's always in the back of my mind is like, okay, if I'm not taking care of the shit and it does go bad, then I got, then I'm going to have to pay to get it repaired instead yeah. of it. Yeah. And if, if Sitka did call me and was like, hey, um, this isn't a workmanship issue. We feel like you neglected it and we're going to need you to pay X amount of dollars to repair this item I would still do it you know what I mean like I I guarantee you that repair is so much less expensive than a replacement oh
1: yeah than a brand new set or replacement or whatever and you already know that you like it so it's like right yeah
2: and back in the day before Sitka the, the company that was Sitka was Columbia and Columbia had the same deal going on like Phil Schmidt who you've been doing some podcasts with? You should have uh, mentioned this to him about the Columbia gear. Like Phil had like these bib pants, I think they were. They weren't full bibs, and he had a waiter widgeon jacket. And something happened to his bib pants, and something happened, and his jacket did start leaking around the shoulders in rainy conditions. you uh, you have to ask Phil. I'm, I might be butchering the story a little bit, but Phil sent them in. And they sent him back a brand new <laughs> waiter, witch, and parka, and they did not have the bib pants anymore, so they sent him bids.
1: The next and like thing, next at, best thing they had.
2: Yeah. So like, um, and so at that time, th- those were still five and six hundred dollar pieces, even back fifteen years ago. And so Phil's like, I just got eleven hundred dollars worth of free fucking outerwear.
1: <laughs> Sweet.
2: And I was like, what? And then I replaced my shit with Columbia. So I still have my widge and Parka in the Delta Marsh camo. I already just packed it uh, for my Canada. That's my backup. It's my backup shell. And then the liner, I still wear the liner like a lot as a, as a, like a puffy, just uh, zip up. So I'm, that's, you know, 12, 15 years old. And I still wear that piece. Not usually hunting. I usually just wear that casually. But I, I wear it a lot. Even I was wearing it this spring. And uh, the bibs, the bibs, um, the bibs ended up having a, some problem. I mailed them in. And that was the year that Columbia discontinued making waterfowl or any hunting clothing. Hmm. And they sent me back a check. So Whoa, instead What? Of, really? Yes. Yeah, so, so they sent me a check. And I took that check. And I bought... This was 2016. With that check, I bought my first pair of... Um, of Pantanal bibs.
1: Wow. So I went from the,
2: the Columbia bibs... And I, I still have the parka. I had the parka and the bib set. Because once I saw what they did for Phil, I was like, well, I'm going to buy fucking Columbia. You know, like, if they're that good with a warranty, then yeah,
1: I, for sure.
2: I would like to not buy outerwear for the rest of my life. So... I bought the Waiter Ridge and Parka and the matching bib set. It was extremely expensive. The bibs ended up going out. That year they went out, Sitka was becoming this huge thing. Columbia was out of the game. And then that's in 2016. 2017 is when my Pantanal bibs that I had purchased with that check had needed a a warranty repair. And that's why I had to go back to those dickies, which were like pre-Columbia. So I hadn't worn those dickies in like, five years you know and i was like what the fuck am i doing in these things <laughs> you know that was like my 2010 like 2011 bibs actually i bought those dickies and max prairie wings in probably like oh nine like one of those years i went down there when i was in my late teens early 20s to uh to go to the world duck calling contest they used to have this tent out in max prairie wings where all their discount cheap garbage was Which is what I used to wear before Columbia and before City Gear.
1: Oh, nine. Still, like, in my head, seems like that's not that long ago, but it was a long time ago. (laughs) I was like, shit, we're at 23. What? What happened? How? I know, right? What? How old are you now, 80? (laughs) 150. (laughs) (laughs) I feel it. It was like gym workouts are more important now than ever. Yeah, how you doing on that? Yeah, every day.
2: Really?
1: Monday through Friday. Nice. I found it's just easier for me to just – because I was doing just Monday, Wednesday, Fridays. But then, like, sleeping in Tuesdays and Thursdays just makes it harder getting up on the days that I need to get up to go work out. Because I'm working out before my job. And it helps. There's a fitness center right there. And the thing that's working for me is they also have a sauna, which is really nice to finish my workout with the sauna. The sauna kicks
2: so much. It yeah, ass, it's dude. pretty I,
1: nice, and it's like that's actually been a few times I did haven't wanted to go in. I'm like, but if I don't go in, I don't get to sit in the sauna. It's like I better go. Right, <laughs> so right. It literally, right. like, is incentive to go in. But so I do. I still stick to my normal like Monday, Wednesday, Friday are like my intense days, and then my the in between days I do a lot of stretching, and then I'll just do some. I'll hit a couple machines that I don't usually do I, I, exercises. You know, just work. Um, some like secondary muscles or whatever. I just basically go, uh, I haven't done that machine in a while and I'll sit down, you know, and just kind of do that's that. That's a good
2: That's a good strategy. Cause I do Monday through Friday typically as well. Um, maybe one or two weeks a month I'll miss a day. So I uh, typically four days and sometimes five, but every day is pretty intense for me. And one dude I was watching on the internet said, uh, that he only does three days a week because he does go super hard and he finds that if he goes hard every day he'll just get fucking tired
1: yeah you need and you need a rest like day and a recovery is, day too
2: right and working out is supposed to give you more energy you know right. you're, not to have <laughs> right. Less. Right. you're not supposed to have less because of it <laughs> yeah. i've had that problem a little bit too like where i'm going kind of too hard too many days because i'll do like 20 minutes of intense cardio and six machines on each muscle group per day.
1: Yeah, I don't so really like, do any cardio. Oh,
2: you don't do any? So you're just lifting and stretching?
1: Yep, just lifting and stretching. I don't really. I, yeah, I just. I don't know. I don't feel like. I mean, yeah, it's not really. But I've started doing that. I'll get on the treadmill and I'll walk backwards for five minutes. It's supposed to be really One good. One of for those your guys, huh? Knees over toes. Supposed to be good for your joints or whatever. Not on sure. like the machine's not on. Like I have to push it. So it's resistance. Oh, yeah, yeah. I Res- listen
2: to that knees over toes guy.
1: Yeah, I mean, seems to make sense. I don't know. But it's, a kind of, it's also just a good warm-up. But it's only for, like, five minutes. And I, I just feel like I'm not, like, getting ready to run anything. I don't really feel like I need cardio that much. Uh, yesterday, I just went for a hike in the woods just, like, looking for mushrooms and doing some light, like, deer scouting or mostly looking for mushrooms and stuff. But I walked three and a half miles and didn't – I mean, I was fine, like, walk three and a half miles like it was nothing. So I don't, I'm pretty good on my cardio, but I just did weigh myself this morning. And, um, I'm exactly the same weight as when I started like a year ago. <laughs> just, <laughs> I can, there, I'm, and this has always been my frustration. It's like, I can lift more. Like I'm stronger. I, I just, you know, about every, every, almost every week. I'm, no, well, I would say every week I'm, I'm gaining, I'm going up in weight by, you know, five pounds here and there. um, So I'm getting stronger. Or at least
2: what you're doing is like getting easier. Yeah, or it's getting
1: easier. But once it gets easy, I add weight. Like if I if I do three sets in that third set, I'm not like I don't really have to try to finish that third set. Then I'm I put a little note in my little app I have on my phone. It says add five. And so the next the next time I run that workout, I'll add five pounds and start. So I'm going up in weight.
2: I like to just once it starts getting easier, then I try to get start doing it slower. Mm. And then, so, like, my weights don't go up fast, but I am getting better.
1: Yeah, my weights weights go up pretty consistently. I mean, I'm not, like, pushing, pushing. I'm not, like, I'm also not, like, really into the diet thing. Like, I'm not, like, pumping my, you know, I haven't weighed up my caloric intake or anything like that. That's so
2: fucking hard.
1: It's super hard. It's like a part-time job, dude. Oh, shit, I got to
2: eat. Oh, shit, I got to eat. Dude, when you Fuck. work out, it makes you fucking hungry. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it's so like, like... Yes, it does. Like, dieting... Dude, you can get in great shape by never going to the gym and just dieting. That's how fucking hard it is. You know what I mean? Like the, you go to thing the gym.
1: As I thought for sure that I would have gained a little weight. Because I'm actually at the point now, like, I am noticing some actual gains. Like, I have some tone in parts of my body that didn't have tone before. So I'm like, all right, cool. And I just, it hit me today. I'm like, oh, I haven't stepped on the scale in forever. Let's see what it is, you know. I stepped on there. Yep, yeah, still 195. <laughs> it's like, fucking <laughs> yeah. I mean, which is better than, you know, being, like, being overweight, trying to lose weight and not lose, like, and, you know, and having no results. That would be super frustrating. So I'm not really complaining. It's just more of like I've I've just, I've resigned myself that, like, I'm not, I always said I wanted to be, like, 205. It's just not going to happen unless I had a fucking Hollywood personal trainer, right, that can be like, hey, you got to eat a steak. (laughs) And and you don't have to send any of your own emails or anything like that. Like, your whole job is just working out. So this is not going to happen. So I'm just – this is the way that I am. And as long as I – I'm back to feeling strong again, though, and that was my big complaint. It's like when I started this office job, I just, like, so quickly I just got – so soft, so weak. Like, I'd pick up a five-gallon bucket of water or whatever the thing is I was picking up. I'm like, why does this seem so heavy? Like, I used to throw this shit around without a thought when I was in construction, you know? So it's like, I got to start working out. This is unacceptable. And so now I'm back to actually feeling like myself. Like, I can pick shit up. I feel like easy enough I can, I can do it. So it's working. I encourage everybody, if you're on the fence... You are like I need to work out just just start doing it. It's just honestly it sounds cliché but the more you do it the easier it gets. Like just you get into that habit. Find something that motivates you. Like a yeah. sauna, like a sauna. <laughs> hey.
2: You know what I kind of wish we would have done on this episode oh. which don't get me wrong talking about Cortex and everything was fun but uh the breeding population surveys have come out
1: I saw that talked about that North Dakota. They look pretty good. The numbers. Yeah. Because
2: what, what came out was the, um, waterfowl breeding population and habitat survey, which is, uh, typically called like the B pop, I think is what they call it. Anyways, that is not a survey of what they call the fall flight. The fall flight is the breeding population survey plus whatever babies they happen to have. Because they end that breeding population survey before babies come out, so the numbers that you see on that survey are just what was there before they got the fucking right. Okay. And and so if you have a really really good breeding population survey and a really really bad um, hatch, then you have a bad fall flight because you're just you got a lot of adults. They didn't make very many babies and were really dependent on that hatch, the hatch success rate to have good hunting for both like juvies and just for bird abundance in general. So this year's breeding population survey uh, was, it wasn't bad. There was some, uh, there were some highlights in it, but mallards were really bad in it, which you can still have a bad breeding population survey, but if you get an awesome hatch, you can have a really good fall flight. So the breeding population survey was a little bit lackluster. If you haven't seen it, you can find all sorts of news articles about it, like especially on Ducks Unlimited and Delta Waterfall's website. Um, but this uh, this story that came out from North Dakota was, uh, they said they had a, at least in North Dakota, they had a fantastic hatch. Which, if you get like a, a little bit dismal, a little bit disappointing breeding population survey and an excellent fall hatch, man, you could have a hell of a fall. Yeah,
1: flight. well, it makes sense because it was so we had so much snow. And so the melt, there was tons of meltwater. And so that should have filled a lot of these temporary, um, those temporary ponds and stuff like that. You know, and that's key for good nesting, good hatching allegedly right but i would thought but i was just talking to a buddy of mine as far as fall numbers go to that like there's he's like oh i'm starting to see more and more geese you know he's down by the cities and like not up here i mean i think there may have been three successful family hatches on this big lake that i live on Mm -hmm. again i don't know what's happening out in any like beaver ponds i can't see or i can't even really speak to other lakes in the area but just this one right here like there's like three family groups so not great, mm-hmm. and maybe that's average for up here. I don't know, but seems like not good. Sure. I also kind of expect to see a migrate a molt migration here within the next week or so. You would think, not while it's um, ninety degrees in the cities, but
2: <laughs> well, well, here's an interesting here's an interesting thing that's happening um, this year. That's a little bit also unique to twenty twenty three is that we will not be getting a September full moon. Hmm. Yeah, I think the for the we get two full moons in August and then um, none in September. So I'm just kind of curious what that's going to do to our molt migrator um, push. Like, hey, are we going to see it early? Like, could they, st- could they start coming down, like, at that very late August full moon and kind of be in the area, like, maybe a few days or a week earlier than normal? Because that full moon kind of falls in late, late August. Um, or... Or what's going to happen, you know? And and geese, the full moon isn't like the. It, it's a great indicator that there's going to be a molt migration happening, or it's it's. But geese don't need a moon to molt migrate. So like, right? If I'm if I'm looking at conditions that look really good for a molt migrator hunt tomorrow morning, I don't go. Oh darn, there's not a full moon tonight. Right. So it, might it could not it happen. could be a
1: factor, but it's not the sole driving factor.
2: No. It's not the sole driving factor, but if there is a full moon, I do factor it into my like. But there's gonna be a full moon. You know right. what I mean?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: But like, I'm not discour. It's encouraging when there is one, but it's it's not so critical that I'm discouraged without
1: it. Right, makes sense. If
2: that makes yeah. Yeah,
1: it does. I follow.
2: Okay. Anyways, dude, we've been rambling. Tracking. This is a we've been rambling.
1: All right. Well, I mean, I don't feel like we've been rambling, but we covered uh, covered some ground. A lot of gear. A lot of working out.
2: This, uh, this episode <laughs> has been brought to you by Shen Gear, the absolute best <laughs> gear. It's made by hunters for hunters.
1: Brought to you by Cabela's Gore-Tex. <laughs> <laughs> Only at Cabela's. Only
2: at Cabela's. <laughs> you will not find any Gore-Tex products
1: there. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, oh, anyways, I, real, real I quick, was, forget I I that you did get to talk to so. Um, A few people did mention the podcast to to your boss, right? He's like, what podcast? Oh, to Bob? Yeah, to Bob.
2: Yeah, yeah, he did. And he's like, I'm going to listen to it someday, I promise. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, this episode has been brought to you by Bob from Oak Hammock Outfitters. You need to give Bob a call because if you didn't put in for your Manitoba license, he's got one for you probably and you can go up there and shoot double bands dude his display at game fair he's he's doing the right thing he's got like some pictures of people with double bands and a bunch of bands nice. that are just blowing up now like giant like two foot by two foot pictures of people smiling holding their double bands and like goddamn right bob
1: that's the way to do her and you yeah, got that he'd... nick johnson guarantee
2: that's right um If anybody hears this uh, very, very soon, message me. I still got some uh, 4.25 signature series left and I will not be shipping any more out after Sunday after I leave for Canada. So get at me if you wanna get one of those direct from me and um, check out the Goose Tech app. If uh, you are looking for any instruction on how to blow that goose call, it's a good 20 bucks to spend any go. money you spend any money you spend i mean i guess shy of like a thousand fucking dollars but any money you spend less than a thousand dollars on getting better at goose calling is money damn well spent so spend some money on getting better at goose calling spend some money on a good goose call and uh, we'll catch up next week there you
1: go all right man well uh good good episode i'll chat with you later yes sir talk to you bye bye